Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky and welcome to the second last show of the season. We've uh, made it all the way here, I've got Nom with mate. Nom, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. It's sad, isn't it? There's only one more game left after this long-ass season. 26 rounds, four weeks of finals. We're finally here. We've completed uh, the third last and second last games of the year, which we'll talk about in a second, and obviously the big one next Sunday. But, Nom, let's get right into it, mate. The first final, the first prelim final, it was the Rabbits 36 defeating the Manly Seagulls 16 in a pretty stunning performance, in my opinion. I didn't think that it would be that easy you know i think the rabbits have re- the scoreline doesn't really show how lopsided mm. this was rabbits had a dance for everything here yeah pretty much i think you know the two games this this weekend went exactly how people would have thought you know you had one high scoring one and one defensive slog and um yeah this one was pretty much that all attack um yeah look manly are lucky to get those two last tries to make the scoreline look slightly more respectable but you know they just got blown out of the park yeah, and it was interesting because the, the the word has come out now is that Adam Reynolds does have a groin injury and he didn't do a lot of the place kicking. Taft did a lot of the goal kicking. Just on Taft, obviously, the, the big storyline for me coming in this game was is this Rabbit's eye better with Latrell out of lineup? And that's what I'll, it's a pretty weird thing to say because Latrell is one of the best players in the comp, but the way that Taft just doesn't overplay his hand mm. and chimes in as the really the fourth option because Cook becomes the third option now. Um, he doesn't overpower Latrell. When Latrell's on the field, he's definitely the third, you know, attacking playmaker. But I think this has really enhanced Cook's ability to run the ball. And he had a blinder on uh, Friday night. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Damon Cook, he looked really dangerous. He ran. He, um, yeah, he looked like he was just going to throw one of the forwards over for a try any, at any moment. Uh, Blake Taff, he, uh, he has really silky hands as well. You know, you can tell that um, he, he was made up to you know, be that long-term um, halfback replacement but yeah he looks good at fullback as well he's got the speed and you know him coming across um making those um those cutout passes and just th- that tap on for that trial um yeah it was really good yeah and i think for me the most impressive thing has been for this rabbit side is that the four pack was always a question for me but the way they've really stood up especially in these finals the way that burgers totola jai arrow cam murray just you know, guys that are, it's not the biggest forward pack, but, you know, they're mobile, they, you know, go forward. And yeah, to me, it's just been a really, really, it's a well-coached side. And you can just tell with the way their forwards play, you know, they they have their lot of minutes and they, there's no time wasting, you know. If Burgess is playing 55 minutes, he's going to get 18 hit-ups. If Totola's playing 45 minutes, he's going to get 17 hit-ups. So they've all got their job and they do it well. Yeah, definitely. And I think Cameron Murray, he, he's... Well, you know, everyone's singing his praise, but yeah, he definitely is key. He had a, another monster game. Um, his quick play of the ball is unvaluable and um, yeah, defensively rock solid as well. Yeah, let's move on to Manly. Obviously very disappointing for them. They, were, they had their chances in that first half and just, it seemed like every time that there was a bit of opportunity, just, they just couldn't put the nail in the coffin there to try and, you know, stamp the game and put... Manly's been really good this season when they're able to get out in front and kind of put the foot on the throat and they just never yeah. had a chance here. A lot of chances blown here. Yeah, like I mean, you know, if um, if they had that that first try go over the line, um, fuck, who who was the one who um, got disallowed again? Oh, he got disallowed because of Moses Suli. That's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Suli ran into play, and you know that could have been six or um, you know if 
if Manly got into it early, who knows what this could have been because then they had another turbo tried to sell out as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look, I think anyway, you look at it, the fact that Manly have got this far, I don't think um, anyone would be saying that, you know, it was a shit season for them because the fact that they started, you know, zero from four and look at that squad, it's super inexperienced. Yeah, look, they're going to be better for the run. And, you know, like you said, a lot of, a lot of people weren't picking them for the, for the prelim for and they were picking them for the wooden spoon. So yeah. they've done really well to get to where they are. And, you know, they are inexperienced, but this is basically going to be the team for the next couple of years. There's not many ways they can kind of improve this side with some of the cap situations they've got going on right now. So there's going to be a lot of gelling. Hopefully some players get better because, to me, I thought that they were just going to run turbo into the ground in this game. I thought every set, especially there was a couple where they had, like, you know, in that attacking 20 early on, I thought they were just going to really hammer that, you know, that short border turbo at full speed to try and run it over. I just, for, for whatever reason, you know, I thought Harper had a, had a poor game, Olaquatu, yeah. but on that edge, that was a that was a really, you know, poor side and they were able to really expose the Rabbits. But again, like you said, Manly, a great season to where they got. Um, you know, I thought Kieran Foran's influence on the season has been really, really strong. Um, you know, letting Josh Schuster, you know, get some more game time, you know, he'll play first grade. You know, Cade Cust didn't play much this year. He'll come in. They've, they've got some talent coming into this side, and I think, yeah, any Manly fans would have liked to have made the grand final, but I think you can't be too mad with a prelim final appearance. Yeah, pretty much. Um, look, they they did their best to, I guess, you know, shout Turbo as well. Um, I think, you know, many are obviously very top-heavy very top heavy with, you know, um, Tommy Turbo pretty much driving any everything they do you know if he has a quiet game then you know, manly more than likely will have a quiet game so unfortunately 100 we'll move on to the next game dom and this was you know we're going to look back at this game i think in like an nrl classics type of deal as one of the one of the great games it was i think games, jason yeah, yeah J- jason made a good good uh shout in our in our uh group text but you know a lot of errors over 20 errors which, you know, in some of these classics, you don't really get a lot of errors. But I think the errors actually put a bit more suspense because yeah. to me, it was just we we're waiting for Melbourne to kick on. We we're waiting, waiting for Melbourne to click in the gear, you know, a full set on Penrith's line. Okay, here it is from the scrum, but it just never happened. Panthers 10 defeating the Melbourne Storm 6. Panthers going to the grand final, Melbourne Storm going home. What would you, how do you see this one going, mate? Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure, you know, this. I was hoping that Panthers would actually make it through, but you know, not. I don't think anyone um, actually doubted the Storm coming on top of the Panthers. So you know, the fact that Panthers really stepped up in the semi-final, I thought, um, you know, yeah, it was it was really great to watch for them to sort of get over last year's uh, demons. Um, but yeah, to their credit, you know, they they did they sort of out Melbourne, Melbourne, Melbourne. It looked like they had. You know, they were gassed. They didn't have any structure whatsoever. Um, you know, admittedly, if you take out Baron Smith and Christian Wells, it does you know, really mess up your interchanges, though. Yeah, I think the the Brandon Smith injury was huge. Uh, Harry Grant, you know, as good as he is, I still don't think he's ready for an 80-minute role in a big game. Uh, I think we saw that through Origin. And obviously, in this game, Christian Welch, like you said, one of the most underrated forwards in the comp, that placed a huge load on... Kamikamika and Solomona. Um, but yeah, I just keep going back to, you know, this was a game of moments and the bit of brilliance from Nathan Cleary, that that kick across field under the for under Ten the goalpost, straight into Crichton's hands in the corner. 
Then you look at the next big moment. It was when Harry Grant put Solomona over, but it calls back, you know, tight margins. Obviously, right after halftime, Penrith get the ascendancy in that first set, score the try in the corner through To'o. And then we're just waiting. We're waiting for Melbourne to kick on. Obviously, very lucky uh, bounce from the Cameron Munster kick into uh, Pappenhausen scoring that try. And then that last 15 minutes, I thought yeah. for all money, you know, that a Melbourne Storm side has that class to get get that last bit of um, energy needed. But they looked dead, you know. It was a lot of their backs trying to do work. Um, their forwards just they were overworked. And, you know, Jerome Hughes looked like he was trying to take on the line. And he was picking his moments to try and get through. Um, but, yeah, this was just a game where you wonder if, you know, if Pappenhausen was, you know, and he, he has been, you know, flying high, but he still didn't look like the Pappenhausen from the first 10 rounds, you know what I'm saying? It was, if Nico Hines is in, I don't know, it was ever since Pappy came back, you know, I was so convinced Melbourne was going to run through this and do it was so comfortably, but this team just looks, ever since they made that change to put Hines back to the bench and Pappenhausen a fullback, this team just hasn't looked right. I thought you were going to mention Cam Smith there. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot, of, a lot of the word going around today is what happens if you throw Cam Smith back to that team, you know, whether they oh. would have you know, kept their call. And, um, yeah, they, they just really lacked structure to, to actually get them through to, you know, because it was a tight moment. I guess Melbourne then used to sort of just blowing um, teams off the, off the park. Um, pretty much, you know, what, what the Panthers were leading up to the grand final last year. And then once they got to those tight moments, they just couldn't really seal the deal. Yeah, I think Gus made a good point in the commentary. It was, um, you know, Panthers have been playing these games. You know, they lost to the Rabbits. They had to fight out Parramatta. They had two very big finals games where you look at uh, the Storm, they put it on Manly in round one, had the week off, and then had this this log fest, you know. They're a fantastic team, and I think they'll be be back better than ever next year. But to me... You know, there was a lot riding on this game. This was Adokar's last game in a Storm jersey. This is potentially Brandon Smith's last game in a Storm jersey. There's rumours already talking about Christian Walsh and Karen Munster for 2023. Um, you know, Nico Hines isn't there next year. So if Pappenhausen goes down, they don't have that star fullback. There's a lot of things that were riding in this game. And I just thought that they would ride that wave of momentum. But absolute credit to the Panthers. Their forward pack did the job. Uh, Nathan Cleary again. I'm waiting to see this the vintage Nathan Cleary game in the in the finals because again it wasn't this one here. I thought Have much more line players like yeah. I thought you know Dylan Edwards played fantastic in this game. I thought Coruscant around the ruck was perfect. Um, you know a, a guy like a pen guy getting under the skin early and you know that forward pack. You know Fisher Harris was slapping Munster's ass in tackles and he was doing <laughs> all these things. It was just a real mongrel game from the from the Panthers and, you know, they've shown a couple of times this year, they can all, they can win big like a Melbourne, but they can win really tough. And I think that's the one thing that the Melbourne storm lacked a bit this year. You know, when there's, when the games were tight early in the year, they lost to the Panthers. They lost to the Eels. Uh, obviously here now they've lost to the Panthers again. It's just been an interesting season. They're, they're very good front runners, but when they're, when the, uh, the games were against them this year uh, and really like hard, um, they didn't really put their best performances in. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess what, what else is there to say? It was a very uncharacteristic game from Melbourne. You know, they had so many uh, bombed opportunities, you know. Um, any day of the week, you know, George Jennings catches out and just scores right over. But oh, I think... That was a big moment. 
I would, yeah, I would have yeah. loved to have seen what the game was like if he caught that ball. Exactly, exactly. Um, and they just made so many errors. I think their completion rate was down to 60%. So it was probably the worst game they really played all year. And um, But defensively, you know, equally, I think both teams had, had some great try savers as well. Oh, yeah. Well, 16, 16 errors for Melbourne and 12 for the Panthers. The Panthers didn't have a, didn't have a clean game either. You know, the missed mm. tackles were pretty even. Um, Melbourne actually did force three dropouts to zero against the Panthers. In in the flow of the game, it just looked like they were just waiting for that that one moment to kind of yeah. spur them on. And, you know, by the time they scored that Pappenhausen try um, in the 62nd minute, there was 18 minutes left. And they just, to me, I was watching it thinking that the Melbourne DNA would get them over the line, but just looking at the body language and the, the way they were running, it just they didn't have it. And that they were just too tired. And I thought the way that Panthers started, I thought, you know, they came out of a grueling game against Parramatta. They probably had a good, you know, 50 minutes in them. They're going to go half of that 50 minutes and then try and hang on. And they, they just had that full momentum going the whole game. And even later in the game, you know, Cleary had that kick out on the full and gave yeah. the gave Melbourne that, that chance. But again, they they held firm. And yeah, it was, it was they let that they slid when they needed a slide. Um, you know, they put pressure on the playmakers when they needed to put pressure on them. It was a very, very complete game from the Panthers. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, yeah, next week's game. It's going to be an absolute uh, yeah, belt of the game. So let's talk about it, mate. Let's do a quick preview. Obviously, Rabbits versus Panthers. I guess some of the big storylines here, um, you know, we'll t- tackle these, um, you know, Rapid style here. First one, obviously, Benji Marshall. Uh, first <laughs> grand final since 05. That's going to be the, the big story of the week. Um, you know, in the in the Hall of Fame rankings that we're doing now in the offseason. To me, if he wins this as a, you know, bench utility, whether, you know, Adam Reynolds gets pulled and he starts, to me, I think he's pretty pretty <laughs> solid in that top tier already. Uh, but this can definitely add to a legacy. Yeah, you know, um, having premierships was at 15, 16 years apart, that would be quite something to uh, add to his trophy cabinet. And in the flip side, uh, this might be the coronation of Nathan Cleary. Obviously, um, in the Origin Arena, he's done that now. He's very, very proven uh, performing that Origin Arena. The last three seasons, the way he's just matured, and he's to me he, one of easily one of the best players in the comp. Getting a premiership here so early on, uh, and easily as the best player in that side, um, it's definitely going to put him in that pyramid. And you know, the sky's the limit now. They get a premiership here, and some of these young players take pay cuts to stay together. This can be a Melbourne storm of the 2020s. Yeah, look, um, I can easily see you know, Nathan Cleary grabbing the Clive Churchill medalist and uh, yeah, leading this Panthers side to, to victory next week. Um, yeah, and it'll be you know, the start of this, this sort of whole Cleary dynasty is far than something. That's it. And obviously, Wayne Bennett, probably the next one, uh, last season, last game coaching the Rabbits, uh, has a chance to get them at another premiership. Big talks that he's going to be the, the new coach of the, the second Brisbane team when they come in 2023. So potentially yeah. might might have a seat. He wins a comp here, has a season off, and then goes up there. And you look at his coaching record recently. Obviously, got the uh, Queensland side into that Origin victory two years ago. Gets the Rabbits a victory here. It's all shaping up. It, the, the Bellamy versus uh, Bellamy versus Bennett argument is is been there. But to me, if he gets the job done here, you know, all those premierships with the Broncos, wins it with the Dragons, comes back into the Origin side, wins it here. It's gonna be it's going to be very unassailable to try and pin him as not the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, the fact that he's had so much experience and he's done it 
not just in one system. You know, he's done he's done it at multiple clubs, and yeah, I think that would be um, yeah really hard to uh, topple, even if you're Craig Bellamy. So let's talk about a quick game prediction, mate. Who do, who do you think wins here? Who, who do you have money on here, Rabbits or Panthers? I'm going to put on the Panthers um, just because if I can, if the Panthers can get the first or so try, I I think it's hard to, I guess, to see them getting run down just because of their defensive efforts, especially in the past two weeks. Um, I think I saw a stat that they conceded 16 plus maybe three times all season and twice and two times was when they were under strength. So the only other time was that in that semi-final against, uh, sorry, the uh, preliminary final against the um, the Rabbitohs. And um, yeah, I don't think the Rabbitohs can do that twice. Yeah, I'm leaning Panthers uh, at this stage. I'll have to look about look at it later in the week, but I- I'm not sure. The, the Rabbits have kind of found something new these last, you know, ever since that Roosters game uh, in round 24. Mm. You know, they're just, they're, their attack is flowing. Um, you know, Cook's just been looking... Um, and again, we talked about this all season for Supercoach. You know, I had that. I was that Damien Cook owner, and I was kind of waiting for these games. And it's incredible <laughs> that it's coming because normally the last couple of years when they've been making these prelim finals and falling over, it's been a tired Damien Cook at the end of the season. But he looks refreshed, and that's that week off. I think really helped him uh, in that game against Manly. Um, you know, he gave it his all against the Panthers. Uh, they obviously got the win there and got the week off, and then he's been able to roll in. So if they Look, it's one game left. Everyone's got niggling injuries. Um, you know, the fuel tanks are nearing empty. This is the one game to really pull out pull out all the stops. And to me, you know, I think Panthers are going to win this game, but I could easily see Rabbits winning a close one, Damien Cook being Clive Churchill. You know, I wouldn't be mad against that at all because I think Cookie's just one of those players that can turn the game, and especially the way Coruscant has been doing it from the Panthers. Cook can do it. So the, the battle through the middles and the ninth, I think, is going to be the most intriguing thing in this game for myself because those two guys can really just spark and create moments. And like you said, the winner of this game is probably only going to have to score about 16 to 18 points. You know, I think the loser won't score more than 10. It's going to be, you know, one of those really good defensive shows for the for the winner. So I think if you can get to 18 points and Cook and Corris are running through the middle and creating little, little line breaks and having tough Edwards, Cleary, Reynolds back up on the inside, that's where I think this game is won. Yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, it is going to be, you know, a four-pack battle and it'll be interesting to see uh, how James Fisher-Harris and um, uh, Pangai Jr. actually um, um, pull up from those injuries as well. Yeah, 100%. But it will be a blinder. And we'll be back for one more, Nom. This has been the, like I said, the second last show of the regular season, obviously, back next year, back through the off-season for a couple of times. But Mate, we've done it. Just like the, the Panthers and the Rabbits, we, we've crawled to the finish. The, the fuel tanks are empty, but, mate, it's been a pleasure having you on. And, again, we'll have you on next week and we'll discuss the season that was and uh, be giving out some some awards, be giving out some, you know, some legacy uh, builders. But it's going to be a fun, a fun one. So thanks for coming on, mate. All right. Can't wait. And thanks, for everyone, for listening. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.